0: and welcome to kick Boomers. My guest today is Linda McDougall. Linda is the author of The Spirit Method of Massage for Seniors, Raising the Bar, a Primer for Massage Therapists and Caregivers. Linda has become an advocate for seniors, especially those living in senior facilities and homes. Welcome, Linda. How are you today? I am just fine. Thank you, Terry. How are you? I'm great, and I'm happy to have you back again. In episode 33, we talked about the advantages of massage therapy for seniors and how valuable it is, but today we want to address issues in senior facilities that would immensely benefit seniors that are not being addressed today. So what are some of the changes you would like to see them make? We addressed
1: briefly some of them in episode 33. Yep. But just yesterday, I had a brand new client, dementia, but, but she's responsive. So it's not bad, bad, bad. Okay. But she's living in a recliner. Okay. Wow. She doesn't really move much. She's got padding on her feet and all sorts of things. And when I left the home, I the, the owner was just coming in with somebody else. So... I got to talk with him a little, and I said, since she is basically immobile, she's not moving, and she's got back issues, and that's not helping the back issue. Right. A recliner. Oh, my God. It's horrible. Well, yeah, but it's she has to be out of the bed. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. Out of the bed, I guess. Right. True. I did the massage, in the recliner, um, which I can do. I can do it on the bed or on the recliner, but... When I talked to the owner, I said, "Has anybody thought about these alternating pressure? You know, where the air comes in and goes out, and goes in and goes out? They have the those mattresses that do that, but they also have pads. And I was thinking she could sit on one of those pads where it alternated pressure. Oh, okay. Mm. So have like cuffs for the legs." that do the same thing. I have the cups
0: and I use them because I have, oh, what's it called? Lymphedema. And my right leg is much bigger than my left. So I use those cups every day. And they're really good. Medicare will pay for that for her. And it relaxes you and it keeps the circulation up. So you're right. That could easily be added to the routine. Although she's going to need help getting in and out of them. I can do it myself. She's going to need help. But that would be-
1: Thing, so right
0: right yeah there you go but that
1: would be very helpful for her well yeah because i'm only there once a week starting yesterday right and you know that helps for that day right <laughs> but you know i can't be there every day doing that and nobody's going to pay for that especially when they can get one of those little machines for somebody and that's all i asked the, the owner was going well should, should we ask for twice a week <laughs> <laughs> Need to do that all you need to do is get one of these things and a one too so that her little bum is getting massaged as well and getting that from pooling right <laughs> anyway so it's the simple things that i really look at and notice that i don't think too many people notice and it's kind of sad more people who are in that field really need to be looking at what is available and what could help their clients and i don't think Many people know all the things that are available.
0: They don't. I could guarantee you they don't. Like, even when I went to the hospital for my lymphedema, they really don't have any solutions for me other than those leg cuffs that I wear. But I, on my own, I'm going to a massage therapist and having lymph drainage massages done once a week. And they've been very, very, they've been more helpful than the leg cuffs, actually. But they never suggested that. They never told me. I just happen to have a friend who does it. And she goes, Terry, you really need this. and I said, okay, I'll give it a try. And, you know, there you go. Otherwise, how do people know?
1: They don't even know. Exactly. And that's been my problem is I'm I'm all about preventing the preventable. Right. And there are several things that nobody, they look at their client, but they don't think about what that client could use that would help them or they don't know anything like that exists right. or think about it because they've never seen it. Right. So, yeah, that's the kind of thing that drives me a little fruity. Because I used to have a stroke victim who, again, I, I was only there half an hour a week. <laughs> that wasn't going to do much for her very stiff muscles from the stroke. Right. And I, I would spend half an hour getting her arm loosened up. And then I didn't have any time for the legs. And huh. so I told her daughter, who happened to be a pediatrician back east, I said, you know, she could really use one of those pressure cuffs. Right alternating pressure cuffs and so the lady agreed with me and got it and then the home just said, "Well, what are we supposed to do with this exactly they don't know what to do <laughs> and they had to be basically taught by the daughter that was local right what to do and it was just insane because it was like well that's not our job that's not part of our routine you know Unfortunately, yeah, they don't want it to be part of the routine, but it's
0: important for the, I don't want to call them patients because they kind of are, but it's important for the people that they say they're taking care of. You're really not, right?
1: If you're going to be calling yourself a care home. Right. Be a care home. Right. <laughs> not just to wander around in the, in the aisles home. <laughs> right, right, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that's one of the things. Just be observant and, and see what's going on with the client, each one. Yes. And that's where like me come in. I can come into a facility and I can see mm-hmm. clients individually and I can look at them like I did her yesterday and say, okay, this is what I'm seeing that could be a benefit to her. And there's many things. I don't remember the story I told last time, but like I've had a lady who was very, very small and there was a pedestal bed in her room. She could have killed herself just trying to get her butt on the on the bed. Absolutely. Absolutely. I watched her try and I was waiting for her to do a pet dive onto the floor.
0: And what if she rolled out of bed during the night? She'd kill herself. Because actually that is what happened to my father. He was in a home. We had to switch homes because he ran out of money and they would not continue to take just his other benefits, which were a lot. He had VA benefits. He had a pension. He had social security, but it wasn't enough because he was in the Alzheimer's unit, which is expensive. So we moved into the state home and they put him in a bed. But the other home was drugging him at night so that he wouldn't get out of bed. He wouldn't move. And when they brought him there, they thought, well, he doesn't need all these drugs. We're going to take him off of some. But in the middle of the night, he tried to get up. He fell out of bed and he broke his hip. And then that was it. It took like six months and he was gone. When you break your hip, he was 95. When he broke his hip, almost 96 You're not going to recover from that, especially with Alzheimer's, because he would wake up every day and say to himself, what am I doing in a wheelchair? Because he he wouldn't remember. And like every day it was all, what am I doing here? So he just stopped eating and we said, you know what? We just have to let him go. We can't force him to eat. We're not going to make him, you know, put a, what's it called? That line in him for food. He's ready to go. We're just going to let him go. But that's not a pleasant way to die. It's really not. So... Yeah, and again, they they were they were going to put a rubber mat underneath the bed, but they hadn't done it yet. Maybe it would have helped, maybe not, because he was old. I'm sure his bones were very brittle. So it is what it is sometimes. But there are things they can do. They always they
1: don't always do. So what are you going to do? Well, if you have a loved one, what you can do is go in there, or before you even decide on a home, right. start looking at. What they offer in the way of care, not just the pretty amenities, not just right. the activities, but what do you actually do for care? Uh, one of the things that I don't see all the time, and we may have covered this last time, but it's all the gear for the wheelchairs. And in fact, most of them live in wheelchairs that are foldable and those are not meant to be lived in all day. Ah, same. Very brief. Go shopping or do something like that, and then get into a good wheelchair when you're home. the good The good wheelchairs, the sturdy ones, you can have all sorts of gear that you may need. You, you can have chest uh, supports, you can have side supports, you can have seat belts in case you're a slider mm-hmm. or one of the little things that keeps you from sliding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: There's just Foot support. There's everything. In I've I've had some Alzheimer's clients that, for whatever reason, and I do not know the reason, they started getting stiff on one side and then down. And one guy had his chin on his chest, and how that man ate without aspirating, I will never know. Wow. I, but I could not understand why he yeah. wasn't aspirating and how he got it down even. Right but there are head supports. There are neck supports. There's all sorts of things available that I don't see any seniors using or getting. Right. And And again,
0: like as a family member, we're not always aware of those things that are out there. So again, you depend on the home to suggest (laughs) things and they're not doing it. They're not suggesting it, unfortunately.
1: And they're not suggesting it because they may not know because they are not utilizing those of us who do know right into their care plans. They're not getting our advice, our input, our insight from our various expertise. Right. There's OTs, PTs, <laughs> there's <laughs> massage therapists, everybody. We have a lot of insight into different areas. I've worked with disabilities most of my adult life. So I know of these things because of that. My background gives me that. And their background gives them things that I don't know. I can only tell you what I know. (laughs) Right, right. You ask. And in some cases, even if you don't, like the lady yesterday, because I just go, she can be helped now. (laughs) Right, right. And like you said before,
0: it would be helpful for everyone to come into one room even once a month maybe, to all talk about the patient and what they see and what they know would help and then come together and come up with a plan. There's plans out there. You just have to come up with a plan.
1: On my website, there is a program that a friend of mine and I wrote because we were both very familiar with the individual service plans for the developmentally disabled. And that came out of that. And that's what I'd like to see in the homes. About once or twice a year, depending on the need for a meeting. Right. We would get together, everybody who had anything to do with that client, including the client. Mm -hmm. All of us would be around a table or at least have written input into the meeting if we couldn't be there. Mm -hmm. And everybody gave their viewpoint of what was going on from what they saw and what was needed from what they saw. And then the client, if they were functioning enough mentally would be able to say, I, I won't do this, but I'll do this. Mm-hmm. Or maybe we can do something else. I don't like that. Right. <laughs> Got another question, you know. Right. But then you get into planning with the person, or at least with their advocate or their family, whoever is there,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for the next several months to see how the first month's get month goes. And if it doesn't look like it's working, change. What is isn't working on the plan? Right. It's not hard. It's really good to keep up with the client and their progress or lack of progress, whatever, you need to be on top of that. And I don't see that happening in the homes. No, you don't. And like even my
0: father, when he was up on the dementia ward, they would kind of put him in the shower and I don't know whether they helped him suds up or whatever, but then he would come out and get dressed by himself. I think maybe he needed help with socks and things. But one day I had gotten there to visit him just as he's coming out of the shower. And I heard click, 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 click. And I'm like, what the heck is that clicking sound? His toenails were so long, they curved around his entire foot. The big one was all the way down to his. And nobody told the family, bring him to a podiatrist. We would have done it. No one said. And so obviously they're either seeing it and just not saying anything. I, I was horrified. I'm like, why didn't anybody say anything? So I should have known better to come more often when he's getting out of the shower, whatever, maybe, you know, come at different times and, you know, but again, you're new to all this too, and you don't always know what to look for. I just happened to be here to hear that. And I had to sit down and trim those nails because they were so, I don't know how he got his shoes on with them in there. It's crazy. Did he get his shoes on? He he, he was wearing shoes during the day. And that's why they curved like that, because he would get his shoe on so it would make that toenail curve to the side. So the big toe curved all the way down. That's how long it was, from his big toe all the way down to the little toe. It was terrible. I couldn't believe it. And it made such a loud clicking noise. I'm thinking somebody that was helping him should have seen that. They should. But again, nobody's paying attention. They're really not. They're in their own little worlds. Are they cleaning his feet? <laughs> I guess they kind of depended on him to clean himself. I'm not even really sure. We thought he was being taken care of, but I guess you really need to be checking. Are they showering your your loved one when they get to the point where they can't do it themselves? How are they doing it? Watch them do it once and then you'll know. Obviously, someone wasn't paying attention to his feet and that's really important. And I and even my husband has gone to the doctors and they don't ask him to take his socks off when he goes and he's a diabetic. They should be looking at his feet every time he goes to the doctors.
1: Yes, they should. What
0: is so hard about that? If I know that, why don't you know that as a doctor? Feet are they'll tell a lot about a diabetic. Feet will tell the story. You should be looking at their feet. They never ask him to take his socks off. I have to say something half the time. It's nuts.
1: It is nuts. It is. My dad apparently—I forgot the whole story here—but my dad had some weird stuff with his feet when we all went out to my mother's hospice, and my sister was helping my dad bathe, and she she looked at his feet, and then she told me about it, and, and she even addressed mom at the time and said, "Well, why is that? Why are Dad Dad's feet like this?" and Mom says, well, I wasn't going to mess with them. <laughs> well, she was dying, so okay. But still, you know. She probably
0: couldn't. She probably couldn't.
1: But she should have said something. Yeah, and nobody said anything. No, so nobody says anything. It's
0: nuts.
1: <laughs> the, the thing is, even with podiatrists, I, I know that podiatrists here, anyway, go to the homes and clip nails, at least. They do, well, yep. Half the question is, is that all they're going to do and all they're going to see and all they're going to talk about with this client? And right. it is. It is, right. It is. It's sad. Most seniors could have used foot supports, right, whether mild or, or strong, a long time ago. Right. And nobody says anything about that. No. And yet, if you look at how they're walking and how they're in pain when they're walking, you go, this could have been mitigated a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Or eliminated i mean i've worn foot parts now for decades but i see these guys and they walk around in slippers they're flat-footed they've got no arch they've got no nothing left and you're just going what's wrong with this picture when you don't have your feet supported you don't have your ankles supported your knees your hips the whole body's off right and then they wonder why we get old and look funny (laughs) It's true. It's true. (laughs) They're just old. That's why they walk like this. No,
0: no. I you know, we've got to get smarter about this stuff. We really do. And we talked last time about canes and walkers, how they're not set to the right height for people either. So that lots of bad things happen from that too. We're forcing them to get sicker faster. And there's
1: no reason for that. Exactly. It just makes me crazy. And we make them more than they have to be. That none of that needs to happen. It's All right. preventable stuff. Yep. Made it is preventable. Yep. I and guess.
0: What they need is one advocate per patient that at least maybe uh, besides a family member, like like you would make a great advocate because you're aware of a lot of things. But I think we need to somehow there's got to be someone in the home that goes in and evaluates things for the patient that is aware of a lot of different things. We need that because they're just not getting the support they need. They're really not.
1: It's one of the services I offer, but I've never been taken up on
0: it. <laughs> ah, you've never been taken up. That's terrible. We've got to change that. We really do. And you know what? I feel like boomers, if we start asking for more of these services, it'll take a while before we get them, but we've got to start asking now. So by the time we need to get into a home later, they're there and we get better care because our parents aren't getting good care. So we need to start Forcing them to do certain things now. When we go in and we research where we want to put mom and dad, start asking important questions about advocates and how do you handle this and how do you handle that? And who's watching out for them? And and when they can't shower themselves, who
1: does that? And how do you do we need to ask a lot more questions. We do because they make it sound like they take care of our parents yep. or our ones. Yep. And in their minds, they do take that care. Yeah. But they're not seeing so much that's right in front of their face. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I don't know that they mean to do that, but there's just, no one's bringing it to their attention and saying, and there's so many doctors involved too. Anytime you have a patient with health problems, they might have three or four doctors. And again, this doctor's doing this thing, that doctor's doing that. Nobody's really coming together and looking at the whole picture because maybe some of those things should change and they're not changing because nobody's looking at the overall, even the family doctor really doesn't have time to look at the
1: overall picture. And like yesterday's client, I got her medication list. She had three pages of medication. Oh, my now God. now the blocks were about this big, so maybe that's only five or six a page. Right. But three pages? That's a lot yeah. of medication. <laughs> Here she is supposedly with dementia. Has anybody checked to see if it's medication induced? Nope, they haven't. Exactly. Guaranteed. Or if it's a combination of meds that are causing a problem mentally. Now, she may g- genuinely have Alzheimer's or dementia, but do you check to see what's going on with the meds? Because with so many, she and again, that causes nutrient depletion to the max. Right. And I just talked to a friend of mine outside just before I came in to be here with you. And she had just come back from the doctor and she has really swollen legs. And they get hot and red, you know, that kind of stuff. Oh. And so I've given her diosmin because diosmin has been in some trials and found to help with the veins and things when they get as bad as hers. And her doctor was gonna put her on diuretics. And I said, Okay, and and give her potassium to you know offset the potassium loss. And I just looked at it and I said, Okay, you do realize that it takes out far more than potassium mm-hmm. almost every mineral goes out of the body with this right so you need a good either liquid or powder mineral supplement to put those back in because you're going to be taking these on a daily basis until your doctors happy. right right and that's just one net right that's just one yep and if you've got like 15 or 18, like this poor lady must have had. And I haven't even had a chance to go look at what, what they actually are. And the home was not told by the doctor what those meds were for. Oh, wow. Wow. That's terrible. So there, because I asked for a sheet saying what what she had and what these meds were for. And they said, oh, we don't know that. The doctor just gives gives us the meds. That's crazy. And I'm going, you don't know what you're treating? <laughs> So you don't even know to look for side effect. You don't know what's going on at all. Yep. And so again, here's a place to ask questions because if the home doesn't even know what they're treating by these meds, they're not going to know what to look for. No, nope. they're not going to know. I, I, it just boggled my mind. <laughs>
0: Mine too. But this happens even with people that aren't in homes because my husband takes a lot of different medications. He has heart medications. He had breast cancer. So he takes something for that. And uh, he's pre-diabetic. So he takes stuff for that. Well, what happened recently with him is he was having trouble getting up at night to go to the bathroom. His legs were weak. And then one night he couldn't even get out of bed. So he's calling me, calling me. And I sleep very soundly. So I could hardly hear him. But when I did get up, you eh. I thought he was having a stroke. So I had to call 911. They came and got him. Here, his blood sugar had dropped so low, it was down to 55, that it looks like he's having a stroke, but he wasn't. His blood sugar was too low. And so when the doctors looked at all his different medications, one of them, he probably should have been taken off long ago because that is exactly what that medication does. It can drop your blood pressure too low, and especially at night. The doctors don't ask them him questions when he goes he goes every three months they don't ask him questions he doesn't offer the information so you need something like that to happen before they go oh i guess we should have looked at how the medications do they never go and look at medication and say we need to rethink some of these maybe so we had to rush him nine one one to the hospital and they figured out he needs to come off of that medication and then he was fine they gave him you know whatever in the ambulance by the time he got to the hospital he was fine it's it's crazy
1: why why should he have to go to a hospital to get that done
0: exactly and you know why did he have to be scared and i had to be scared because he couldn't even get out of bed his legs were so weak he couldn't stand up i had to call i couldn't do anything i had to call the ambulance there was nothing i could do to get him in He had to go to the bathroom i couldn't get him in there and he was so weak he probably would have fallen on the floor anyway and it was his blood sugar so, you know, how am I supposed to know that? Now I know what to look for. But again, you always have to have something happen so that you know what to look for. We, we think doctors are looking out for that, but they're really not.
1: Apparently not. No,
0: no. I mean, his his medication has hasn't been evaluated in a long time. That should be a persistent thing that like every six months we look and we reevaluate and and they need to ask the questions. Well, how about this? Or he doesn't know what the symptoms are of really low blood sugar like that. They need to ask certain questions so that then he'll say, oh, that's right. When I wake up at night, I do have trouble walking to the bathroom because my legs are weak. But the doctor needs to come up, but they don't have a lot of time either. So I
1: understand they're under pressure. They are. And that, that system changed years ago, and it's really a shame because, as I've said on some podcasts, I don't know if it was on yours or not, my profession is the only one that actually looks at the entire body most of the time now. You're so true. And actually touches it. Actually touches it. They don't even do that anymore. Bumps and weird things yep. that, that doctors don't even look for. Nope. Yep. Nope. Shame. Not to put my profession down, but it's a shame that we're the only ones doing that because not everybody is as knowledgeable, right? You know what they're touching, what they're feeling. Everybody has different levels of knowledge. And right if you and the same thing with doctors, but nonetheless, the doctors have a little bit more that they would be they could be looking for if they looked at us. Right. Right.
0: Right. Absolutely. So that's another reason why a massage is important for older people because at least then someone is touching their body and looking. So if something different pops up, you'll be the first one to pick it up. And I have been.
1: I've cancers <laughs> yep. and things like that because I look at the moles. I look at the odd things on the body. Right. But it's it's a shame. You know, I mean, I I see varicose veins that maybe nobody has ever decided they needed more vitamin C, lots more vitamin C, lots more diosmin, lots more something to get (laughs) back. And I mean, everybody takes it for granted that we're just supposed to fall apart. And yes, we do. That is part of aging. But it is just because you think it is, Mm -hmm. check for it first to see if that really is part of aging right now or if it's something else causing it. Right.
0: Many times there's things you can do or take so that you slow the aging process down. Absolutely. So, and- and Again, doctors are not aware of supplements that help because nutrition is not part of what they study. They just don't. It's like not even part of anything. So they're not aware of nutritional things that older people need. And again, the homes, I think, are making things taste good. They're not necessarily worried about getting the right nutrients in to our bodies as we age. So again, they're falling down a little bit there.
1: Alan, There's only one... um Brand out here of homes that feeds organic food to everybody. Wow. Wow. Only one. Everybody else, you can go get the best chef in the world from Marriott or someplace else, put them in a retirement home, and they feed them the same things that made them sick in the first place. Absolutely. Yep. It's wonderful. What? It's grand, glorious. And it <laughs> looks spectacular. Right. But it's doing more damage than good. One of the things I recently learned, and so I'm taking a supplement that lowers uric acid because uric acid has now been found to be a major problem. And that's the thing that causes gout. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. But if if in people who don't have gout, it's still an issue. And so you might want to lower that uric acid down a bit. Right. I've forgotten exactly why I listened to all these things. This was a very long right. thing i And I've forgotten all it did now, but I remembered I was going to go get something that lowered uric acid, so I did. (laughs) And if anybody wants to know where, I got it from Life Extension. Life Extension, I grew up with because Mother was with them back when I was a teenager. And they have been around, and they are now our age, and they are now doing their own research and their own trials and their own everything trying to keep all of us from aging out of existence badly.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I've been aware of them for years too. They're really good. So, yep. Well, we covered a lot today. I mean, there's a lot for us to think about, but I think we need to start addressing some of these issues before it's time for us to be in these homes. So, and maybe if we can keep ourselves healthy, we won't get there, but if something happens and we need a nursing home or some kind of a home we want to make sure we get the care that we need and i think we have to start asking a lot more questions we have to and until we start doing that homes aren't going to change because they don't need to they're only going to change if we start insisting on it like they're all making things prettier they're like you said getting Really good chefs in the kitchen because they think that's what we want and that's what sells. So we have to start asking for really good care or we're not going to get it.
1: Unless we start asking for it, we're not going to get it. And it's not just the care either. The other thing that I think they're going to have to really address really quickly is that you and I are of a generation that's going to be different than our parents. Mm -hmm. We are going to want more and different things. Right. I don't want to go to a home and just play bingo and you know just do the things that they do. That doesn't interest me. Right. I want to work and do podcasts and do whatever, get education out there for as long as I can. That's my legacy is hey, let's let's make this work for, for our generation and right. the next next and right. Teach people to be advocates because they have to be. Right. This is a system anymore that the the knowledge is too scattered right it
0: is it is it's out there but nobody's putting it all together that's the problem
1: the the doctors get five or ten minutes with you and they can't they can't even think about getting into what's going on with you in five or ten minutes right they can't ask questions i grew up when doctors actually spent time with you actually asked questions actually got into things with you right 30 minutes at least
0: i mean no knew- doctors could look in your eyes and tell what was wrong a lot of times um, just talking to you and And you answering questions, they would know what's wrong with you. Doctors today, it's all about the test. They do the blood work and that's it. And that's how they know what's wrong with you. They really don't know by looking at you and looking into your eyes. Doctors years ago, they could look in your iris and your iris would say certain things about your health. It's just like jaundice. Your eyes turn yellow. But there's a lot of other things they could tell from your eyes that doctors aren't trained that way anymore. So they have no clue about that. It's all in the blood work. That's it.
1: Fingernails are another indicator. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. You know, all those good things. Yeah, yep. because like I have, you're not going to be able to see it, I don't think, but there's two little tiny white flecks. Oh, right. And, mm-hmm. Okay. I don't have white flecks anywhere else, but that tells me that I was low on zinc at two times. Yep. Uh, God knows why, but <laughs> there it was. I was. <laughs> right. Low on zinc. But that tells you that, but there are, there are diseases you can pick up because of fingernails that are deadly, by the way. Mm, I think one of them. So there are things that, that just can be looked at and seen. And people just don't know that and aren't looking for them. Right. There's just so much that is just taken for granted. They're old. They're retarded. They're this. They're that. And that just lumps things going on with them in a big bundle that just says, Right. And says, I wonder what we could do to help. I wonder if there's something else going on. I wonder if they're not asking the if questions. Yeah,
0: they're not. But hopefully, they're listening to this podcast and they'll start because that. We just need people to start asking. We need people to be advocates for their elderly parents or aunts and uncles or whoever's in a home. Somebody needs to advocate advocate for that person and just keep an eye and watch and ask a lot of questions, like you
1: said. Can't there? Can't something be done about this? If you do that with enough people in enough homes, even right. those who don't have advocates will get better care. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> yep, and You'll that's the key. It. Yep. Oh God, it's it, there's just so much between diet. And one of the things I would love to see is a functional medicine dietitian or chef in those places because functional medicine actually looks at all of you. It's a very holistic. Viewpoint, right, and they put together wonderful diets for people that actually taste good and are what that person needs, right? And the homes could—I'm hoping the homes could at least do the organic food for people because we need the best food at our time of life because we're not extracting what we right. need, right? So we're getting less and less between the medications and our ability to digest it just goes downhill. Right. But the functional if we if we could get more than organic, if we could get chefs that actually looked at the medications you were taking and at minimum and probably the only thing they could do without making actual individual diets, maybe made a holistic type food group for heart problems or kidney problems or whatever. So that people could go ahead and go around the room and choose something else if they wanted to, but they would know what was good for what. Right. Right. And have the option to choose for themselves better.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we, we definitely need that. So I hope over time that will happen and that these homes will improve a lot so that if we need one down the road, we're going to get better care. I, I hope so. I'll certainly, I know, I'm more aware of what to look for now too. After going through things with my father and my husband, I'm a lot more aware. And now I go to the doctors with him so that I'm there to listen and ask questions. He doesn't like it when I go along, but you need two people listening because you're not going to, you as the patient aren't really paying attention because you're emotionally involved. So you need a second pair of ears to really understand what the doctor's saying. So I'm hoping this podcast helps a lot of people uh, think at, and look at things a little differently, and maybe go out and try and be an advocate for someone they know. Because the more people have advocates, the better for all of us, like you said. And we'll all benefit down the road. Yep.
1: And it's it's got to change at some point, because we just, we're in a rut right now.
0: We are. We are. Yeah. But I, I do see things changing, but they won't change unless we start asking questions. We've got to ask, do you do this? Do you do that? And then they are going to start thinking, wow, if that's really what people want, we better do it or we won't get people coming to our home. So we really do need to just start asking and maybe don't have the prettiest furniture. Don't change it every couple of years. Give us better food. Give us other things instead of the pretty, pretty. So, and the bus trips and, you know, we need other things, like you said. So, and we've got to keep our minds active. So, you know, there's so many things they could be
1: doing to help with that as well. Yeah, I am I just know that, I know I'm an introvert. I know that innately. So <laughs> So I'm not interested in all those. I'm not interested here in all those activities they do. I ignore them entirely. Right. But I have my friends because I walk my dogs and then my, I meet people that way with or without dogs. So I'm, I'm a social being out there. with right. dog <laughs> It's about my only time, but at least I'm a social being then. But I keep myself very busy. Uh, and I like that because it keeps my mind thinking and working on things. It does. Instead of just playing games, help people do what they want to do. Somebody wants to write for a newspaper. Somebody wants to, you know, show for nonprofits. Help them do what makes them feel that they're contributing. Right. we're dying in these places, and we, one of the reasons we die is because we are no longer of importance. Yep, that's true. It's true. It's so important. So you got to keep yourself being of importance. Yep, in your own way, right? And it can be a myriad of ways, but but don't let senior living or home living or whatever you're going to do in your old age stop you from doing the things that mean something to you and can mean something for the rest of the world.
0: Absolutely. And something that's real simple that they could do is they could do just a little podcast, maybe just for the people in the home, but have each person come up and talk about their life, what they did, what it was like. People love hearing about people's lives. And, you know, where were you in World War II? Where were you when this happened? How did that affect your life? There's so many stories to tell and people love stories. So, and, and it makes the person telling the story feel good. And then everybody in the home gets their chance. I, I think that's a wonderful idea. It doesn't even have to be a podcast. It could just be one person's in front of the room with the microphone at a time. This week, it's this person. Next week, it's somebody else. I let the audience ask questions. It would be
1: wonderful for everyone. It's stimulating. We need stimulation. And somebody else or that person could make the podcast into a book. Yep, absolutely or that community yep and they can do that every so often because you'd have new people coming in and just yep. have a series of books of who's lived here and absolutely yeah so yeah there, there's so many things that can be done that's far more meaningful yes for those of us who still have a brain
0: (laughs) right and meaning it's it's, we, we need to be social we need to be active we need to eat well there's so many pieces to the puzzle to keep us healthy but one of them is you have to feel fulfilled and you have to feel like your life is worth something and too many old people think that it's not worth anything like even their family makes them feel that way and it's the family would miss them once they're gone but they don't know how to tell them how valuable they are they just don't so we've got to look for ways to make older people more valuable. We have a lot to share with the world. We do.
1: Oh, heck yes. I mean, we are every time we lose somebody, we lose history. Yeah. Yeah. We have lessons that we may not or we may be, who knows, but we may not be the most tech savvy in the world. We may not be the most hip <laughs> in the world. But we have between us some of the most basic truths the foundations that can be shared and everybody again has different perspectives to share my perspective may not mean anything to you but your perspective may mean some the world to somebody else right it's just like teachers we don't all learn right from the same teacher right it's different input again that's why we need the the meetings in the halls yep contractors and they need to contract with us. by god i'm going to say that too (laughs) I'm tired of being handed either bogus contracts, meaning that they made them themselves and they don't make any sense, <laughs> or, or not wanting to contract at all, which is most of what I get. Mm. I've spent over the pandemic, I think something like $1,800 on a contract. Wow. I haven't seen anybody want it. Mm, that's Just terrible. Go, but no, 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 no. We can't do that. No, 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 no. They think it it takes liability off of them, but it doesn't. It actually leaves them more liable. Yeah, I agree. And I have been personally, I don't really want to say that word, but that's screwed <laughs> by not having a contract with some of the homes. Right. Plus, one charged me rent. Wow. And, and never showed it on the pay stub. They would just take it out back in the back office. Wow. And the only time they showed it on a pay stub, I had to have my accountant do all the math to get it right. Right, right. But the only time they showed it correctly done on the pay stub was when they had auditors come in. Ah, see? Wow. Wow. And they're the ones that gave me the bogus contract. Yeah. When they wanted me to come back and I just took one look at it, it says it contradicts itself all over the place. That's, yeah. that's not a contract. You did you, you did that. No attorney did that. Right, right, right. Oh, my gosh. That's just I crazy. My contract, which an attorney did do. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that must be for the clients. And I said, no, honey, that's for you. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my gosh. They didn't want to do it. Yeah. So I just said, fine. Yep. I've been with you for many years, 13,
0: 14, 15, so you just blew it up. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I'm hoping these homes are going to learn that kind of stuff. And and the patient is more protected. The people going in to help them are more protected. And, you know, things work out better for all of us. But again, we have to keep asking and, and asking over and over again before it will happen. It's, you know, we just have to keep pushing or it won't happen. That's the and way it goes. And it's
1: a of respect for all those things
0: right it's right yes absolutely (laughs) well thank you linda for being on kick-ass boomers this has been great it's very this has been very informative so i do hope my boomer audience listens and takes some of this and runs with it because we need a lot of people asking these homes for things a lot of people trying to be advocates just you and me alone isn't going to make the difference it's got to be a lot of people jumping in yep So thank you for joining us. This has been great and I'm hoping it makes a difference.
1: Me too. Thank you.
0: We appreciate you joining us for this episode of Kick-Ass Boomers. For more information on today's guest, along with the show notes and other inspiring resources, buzz on over to kickassboomers.com. And don't forget to join our Kick-Ass community on Facebook or LinkedIn to continue the conversation. Be bold, not old.